Good evening everyone and welcome to Sunday Night Local. It's great to see you here today and we are broadcasting from the place of worship because we're allowed to do that and to tonight I am joined by my good friend Mr Nacho Oconquo. So um, he's going to be sharing the word with us tonight and he's going to be speaking on the subject of gentleness um, as part of our Fruit of the Spirit series. We have literally just this week and next week left on the Fruit of the Spirit series. And then the week after, we have our Refocus meeting, which is open to the whole church. And I don't know if you remember, but back in, I think it was probably May time, um, we had a meeting uh, that we broadcast via YouTube that was open to the whole church where Pastor Andy and Gina spoke and uh, all the congregational pastors said a few words as well. And we're going to do the same on the 22nd of November. So this week we've got Nacho. Next week we've got Sean Finch sharing on the subject of self-control. And then on Sunday the 22nd of November we have our Refocus Gathering. We then have, on the 29th of November, we'll have uh, myself, I'll be sharing, on a subject yet to be revealed. And then the week after that, I'm hoping that we'll be able to go back to our Sunday Night Local in person, depending on what happens with the lockdown. But uh, we'll see. As I've said recently in communication uh, by email, um, we are committed to um, making sure that we stay completely within the government guidelines but also do everything we can do that is permitted by the government guidelines. So if we can gather in person in, in the way that we were before lockdown then we'll carry on doing that again after lockdown. Um, so that's one bit of news for you. Next bit of news for you before we launch into tonight's teaching is that this morning we had our first um, Zoom gathering after the service as well as before the service which um, we used to do at the start of the last lockdown and we thought well during the month of November obviously people are going to be bored have nothing to do so we thought we would um, do two Zoom hangouts on a Sunday so the first one will be 10 o'clock until 10.30 when the service starts and then the second one will be 11.45 the 10 o'clock one will be dedicated just to just chatting catching up talking with one another and praying with one another before the service. And then the second one at 11.45 will be dedicated to having fun and playing games. And this morning we had a lot of fun uh, with those that were there for the, the second Zoom gathering. And I just wanted to invite everybody to be part of that. Uh, if you're able to be there at 11.45, we'll, we'll be together for about half an hour to 45 minutes. And we will play a game that is all inclusive, the big kids the adults will love it as well as the small kids um, as well so that's going to be happening each Sunday for November and then we'll see how we go after that so uh, we're just going to give people a couple more minutes to gather we do this um, just so that we can all start together so make sure you've got your Bibles ready your notebooks ready it's Nacho tonight so you're going to need your Bibles um, he is uh, going to be sharing from the Word of God he's just doing what I asked him sharing from the Word of God on the subject of gentleness. So I'm really, really looking forward to hearing what he's got to say on this subject. And make sure you've got your cup of tea as well. Um, Carla, hello. Hello at home, Elliot, Carla, and Corbin, if you're watching, nice to see you. I can't see you, but you can see me. Uh, I'm really enjoying our Sunday mornings as well at the moment, um, where we've gone over to, to live worship now. Um, not that it was dead worship before, but what I mean is it's like happening as you're watching it. 
And um, as someone that's involved with leading worship, it's actually, I've found that it's much easier to, to lead worship on a Sunday morning live um, rather than doing pre-recorded stuff because you kind of know that people are with you. And there's been some great feedback, actually, over the last three weeks of, of doing this. So we're going to carry on. We're going to keep building it, um, keep building the team and uh, keep moving towards uh, what we're able to do in the future. Uh, and I can't wait to regather again. Um, honestly, I'm really, really looking forward to, to uh, when we can come together in person on a Sunday morning. But I think we're making the best of what we've got at the moment. And really appreciate everyone that is just looking out for one another, everyone that is uh, just connecting with one another, staying in touch. And we just want to encourage you, keep staying in touch, keep caring for one another, keep sharing the love and the compassion and the, and the grace of God to one another. So let's pray and then I'm going to hand over to Nacho this evening. So Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that as Nacho shares your word, it will really impact our lives. Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak into our hearts and we thank you that the minute that we invite you, Lord, you are moving, you're on the move, you're ready to speak. And so thank you, Lord, that Nacho would just be your pen tonight, that he would be your mouthpiece and that he would speak your words according to your will and according to your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so I'm just going to go out of the room and then Nacho's going to come and take the chair here and you're going to enjoy him for the rest of the evening. Bye. Over to you. Right. Hi everyone. Uh, good to uh, be here with you again uh, for Sunday Night Local. Um, I hope uh, you've had a uh, good Sunday so far, good weekend. Um, right, so let's see what uh, God has for us today. So like Pastor Stu uh, introduced um, already, um, I'm going to be talking about gentleness today. And um, it's probably not going to be exactly what you expected. Maybe we'll see. Uh, but we're going to be talking about gentleness today uh, as one of the uh, you know uh, fruits of the Spirit. Um, and I'm going to start by saying um, this, making this statement. That when we talk about the fruits of the Spirit, it's really nothing, el nothing else but um, the outworking or the outliving or if you like manifestation of uh, the life of Christ in us. That's really what it is. Um, it's, you know, it's all about you know, that character or nature you know, or, or um, almost lifestyle or temperament of Christ just being outlived in us as believers and I want to start by showing us um, from the scriptures okay I'm not gonna take a long time I'm just gonna take a short time to show us from the scriptures that um, every of those fruits of the Spirit you know whether it be love joy you know patience whatever it is it was actually um, it's actually exhibited or seen or, or shown you know uh, in the life of Christ Okay, so I'm just going to do that quickly. Uh, I'm trying to get, obviously, somewhere with this. Okay, but I'll just start by just showing us how each of these fruits of the Spirit uh, is uh, lived out or was lived out and is lived out in the life of Christ. Okay, so let's dig in. So the first one, um, love. Okay, that's the first fruit of the Spirit that we have from Galatians 5 verse 22. Love. Um, John 13 verse 1 says this. Having loved his own 
who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Okay, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Another place, John 15 verse 9, verse 9 says this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. Okay, so, so we see that um, Jesus um, operated in love, you know, from the start of his ministry to the end of his ministry. You know, when he was um, healing the sick, when he was uh, feeding the hungry, when he was casting out devils, you know, um, when he was ministering to people, uh, it was all done out of the love he has. Uh, and, and, and it's not it's not just human love, okay? Because he says it's the kind of love, he it says it's the love that the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. So it's that eternal love, that agape love that he shared with the Father, you know, from the very, very beginning of time, or before the beginning of time. He says that's the same love that, I, you know, I, I, I love you with. Um, and like I said, all throughout his life, he showed that even his death, on the cross uh, was, was motivated by love. It says in um, John 15 verse 13, greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Um, you know, so, so even his death on the cross was because, you know, he loved us. Um, and Paul experienced this, this, this sort of love, uh, this love of Christ, this personal love of Christ, which is why he wrote in Galatians 2 verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ. And I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, hallelujah, and gave himself for me. Okay, so, so, uh, so love was shown or demonstrated um, in the uh, life of Christ. What about joy? What about joy? Um, did Jesus have joy? Oh, yes, certainly he did. Um, John 15 verse 11. Oh, by the way, Pastor Jeff actually read this verse as well, you know, in this morning's uh, message. Um, John 15 verse 11. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Okay. So Jesus had, he talks about the joy that was in him. Okay. And, and he says, um, I want you to have that joy as well. Okay. So when we're talking about the fruit of the spirit of, you know, of joy, it was the joy that's in Jesus as well. Um, and, and the joy that Jesus had was, was real love. It wasn't, sorry, real joy. It wasn't joy that was based on circumstances, you know, whether good things happened or whether you got a promotion at work or, you, you know, you bought a new house or if it's my boy, Josiah, uh, because he got, you know, some new Lego toys or something. No, no, no. So the joy that, you, that Jesus is talking about here is, is joy that's not based on circumstances. It, it, was, it was a deep joy. Um, in fact, when he made this statement to his disciples, he was actually on the way to the cross. Um, but he was still able to, you know, talk about joy, you know, um, even though he knew, you know, what was, you know, awaiting for him. So Jesus had joy. What about peace? We've talked about this before. Um, I did, you know, uh, the talk on peace um, as part of this series. Um, and if you haven't watched already, you know, well, obviously it's available on catch up and you, you can always uh, watch it later. Uh, but there's this verse in John 14 verse 27, which just kind of, you know, summarizes um, a lot of things we said then. It says, peace I live with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Okay, so Jesus said, you know, I, I have got peace. You know, that, that peace we are talking about is the peace of God, is the peace of Christ. He is called the Prince of, you know, of, uh, of Peace for a reason. Um, and so he certainly had peace. Okay, and, 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 um, that's just you know one of the many verses you know we read 
to show that he, um, he, he, he can give us peace. Um, the next one on the list of, uh, of the fruits you know, of the Spirit is, is, is patience. Or some versions will say NIV. Actually, all the verses we are reading today is taken from the NIV. Uh, in NIV, is called forbearance. Um, some versions will say long-suffering. Okay, so did Jesus have patience? <laughs> oh yes. Now listen, listen to what Paul wrote in um, let's have a look. First uh, Timothy one, verse fifteen and sixteen. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. But for that very reason, I was shown mercy, so that in me, the worst of sinners. Jesus might display, listen to this, his immense patience as an example for those who believe in him and receive eternal life. So, so, so Paul is saying here, okay, you know, I, I was the worst of sinners, so I'm the worst of sinners, and Jesus has so, so much patience in me. Um, you know, um, but if you, if really, if you look at that statement, that, that statement can apply to every believer, right? If you, if you, if you've truly encountered Jesus, um, if you truly, you know, encountered him, you will know that he has shown a lot of patience, you know, in your life, uh, immeasurable patience in your life. Um, and, you know, really bothers on not just patience, but, you know, forbearance or long suffering, even um, how much patient he has been to you and to me. And he continues to be. As this song we used to sing in church, you know, a thousand times I feel still your mercy remains. And that is so true, isn't it? Praise God. He has immense patience. And that patience we are talking, you know, about when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit is the patience of Christ. Okay. So the next one is kindness. Titus 3 verse 4, Titus chapter 3, 4 and 5 says this. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. Hallelujah. Um, Jesus was the um, embodiment of God's kindness on earth. It says when the kindness and love of God appeared, you know, Jesus appeared, you know, he, he saved us. Hallelujah. And, and, throughout, his, and throughout his ministry as well, um, he, he demonstrated that kindness and compassion, you know, um, everywhere he went. Uh, do you remember the, the night he got arrested um, when one of his disciples I believe it was Peter or not, but one of his disciples, you know, used a sword and cut off um, the um, high priest's servant's ear. Um, on that night, that's at Gethsemane, when they came to arrest Jesus. Um, what did Jesus do to that guy? Um, he, he actually healed him. You know, this is the same person who came to take him away, you know, to, 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 to drag him away, you know, into that hellish ordeal he was about to go to. But, but he ministered to him. He was kind to him. Um, and 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 um, and he healed him. So, so so he practiced what he what he actually preached, which was you know love your enemies and do good to those who hate you. Okay, so that's kindness. What about goodness? Um, well, Jesus referred to himself as the good shepherd. Okay, uh, he said, "I am the good shepherd." The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's John ten eleven. Acts ten verse thirty eight says this: How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. How many lives, how many countless of lives, you know, uh, mine included, have been touched by the goodness of Jesus and continues to be touched by the goodness of Jesus. So when we talk about, you know, goodness, it's actually all 
you know, um, a characteristic or, you know, an attribute, you know, of the life of Christ. Okay. What about faithfulness? Well, Jesus was and is, you know, a faithfulness personified. In all his time on earth, um, he was faithful to the will of the Father um, who sent him. And he didn't swear from it, you know. Never, never swayed from it, even though it meant, you know, him um, laying aside his majesty and glory. Even though it meant to him, you know, it meant for him to uh, become a servant, you know, and, and be born in a manger and all that, you know, and, and to grow up, you know, um, in obscurity and, and whatever. Um, and even, you know, to the point of, you know, dying, you know, on, on the cross as a, as, a, as a common criminal, you know, such a brutal and, and a shameful death. You know, um, he, he, he kept, you know, um, um, he was faithful to the will of the one who sent him. Um, and, and he continues to demonstrate that faithfulness even today, uh, even, you know, as our ministry, as our high, you know, in his ministry, as our high priest. Uh, Hebrews 2 verse 17 says this, For this reason he had to be made like them, truly human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement. For the sins of his people amen so you see jesus remains hallelujah a faithful high priest you know even till this day gentleness that's the next um that's the next uh, fruit of the spirit and um, we're gonna skip that for now because we're gonna come back to it later okay so we'll go straight to self-control i'm gonna read matthew 26 53 and 54 and that says this do you think i cannot call on my father and he will at once put at my disposal more than 12 legions of angels. But how then could would the scriptures be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? So the context says that Jesus was just about to be, well, we've already mentioned he was at uh, Gethsemane and he was just, you know, um, about to be arrested. And, um, and Jesus was making this statement and he was saying, okay, look, um, yes, <laughs> just bear in mind, okay, that I'm going with you, okay? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna go with you. But know this: um, that any moment I could call upon my legion, he said, twelve legions, you know, that would be thousands of angels, you know, I could call upon them, you know, to come and deal with, you know, all of you who are, you know, abusing me or about to abuse me, you know, and 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 you know, have this fake trial and 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 beat me up and and. And um, obviously, you know, um, crucify me. So he knew all this was going to happen, but he chose, you know, not to, you know, uh, use the, you know, the power that he had. So imagine what, what kind of self-control he must have exercised, you know, when they were, you know, mocking him, when they were beating him, when they were slapping him, when they were pulling his beard, when they were, you know, uh, putting the thorn of crowns on his head, when they made him carry, you know, that 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 heavy cross, when they nailed him, you know, to the cross. Imagine how much self-control. You know he must have exercised um and and, and and choosing not to retaliate isaiah 53 verse 7 says this he was oppressed and afflicted and yet he did not open his mouth he was led like a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before his sharers is silent so he did not open his mouth okay so so he yeah he didn't say a word you know but he could have he could have been a different story um but he, he chose not to of course he was submitted to the will of god but it was also great self-control, you know, um, not not to uh, not to respond or to retaliate or to fight back. So that's it in a summary, you know, that the the, the the fruit of the spirit is 
a manifestation really you know um, of all these qualities or attributes you know or or character you know um, characters of Christ in us as believers today um, like I said you know the temperament of Christ if you like you know when, when it's when it's when it's revealed in our lives it's just you know um, called the fruit of the Spirit but that's what it is it's 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 something that is in Christ um, gentleness which is what we're considering today is no exception um, is actually a very big characteristic, you know, uh, of the life of Christ and the life of Christ. And we're going to look at Matthew 11, 28 and 29 now. So Matthew 11, 28, 29. And that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Amen. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. Amen. So Jesus, in his own words, described himself, you know, in this way. He says, I am gentle and humble in heart. By the way, when Jesus was talking about learning from me, okay, that's what we're doing right now. We're learning from him. Praise God. Uh, we're, we're, we're sitting at his feet and we're learning from, from the master, you know, uh, what, what he did or how he, how he, how he is. Okay, so Jesus says, I am, I am gentle and, and, and humble in heart. So what, what is gentleness? You know, I think this is a good point to, to define that. Now, what is gentleness? Now, I've come across one or two definitions for gentleness. Uh, the first one uh, is that is strength under control. Okay, and that's good. But, uh, but my favorite one um, is this one. A strong hand with a soft touch. So gentleness is a strong hand with a soft touch. And there are one, there's quite a number of scriptures that portray this so, so, so very well. You know, um, I've got a couple of them we're going to, you know, go through now, all about talking about Jesus. Um, and it just shows you gentleness in action, you know. Um, so the first one is this one, Isaiah 42, 1 to 3. It says this, Isaiah 42, 1 to 3. Here is my servant whom I uphold. My chosen one, in whom I delight, I will put my spirit on him, and he will bring justice to the nations. He will not shout or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. In faithfulness he will bring forth justice. Amen. So this is one of the messianic prophecies uh, about Christ that is found in Isaiah. And uh, it says very clearly that he's going to bring justice. You know, he will, he will, he will um, how does it, he will bring justice to the nations. You know, in faithfulness, he will bring justice. Um, and of course, you know, justice requires a strong hand. Yeah. But in the midst of that, there's still going to be this, a soft touch, a sensitive touch, a tender touch, uh, a caring touch, you know, understanding touch even for that bruised um, this week, bruised weed, sorry, not weed, bruised reed, <laughs> or that smoldering wick. Um, in, in the NLT, it puts that, that same verse like this. Uh, he will not crush the weakest reed or put out a flickering candle. Amen. Amen. I mean, how, how, how gentle must you be, you know, um, not to put out, you know, a... Um, it, it will not snuff out a, a, a smoldering wick or, or put out a flickering candle or, or crush, you know, a broken reed. Um, 
But that's, 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 the, that's the Savior we have. That's our Messiah. That's our Redeemer. Okay? That when we're in that broken state, or when we're in that, you know, falling state, or when we're in that, you know, maybe pitiable, you know, state, wherever we are, um, that he's not going to um, crush us. Praise God. The Bible says, you know, he will not snuff that, that will not crush that broken, you know, reed. Um, but instead, he's going to offer us, you know, a, 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 you know, a hand of help. Amen. He's going to, you know, gently, you know, help us back to our feet. He's going to raise us up. Hallelujah. So that's what we're talking about. Um, Hebrews 4 verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Okay, so he doesn't condemn us for our weaknesses. He doesn't, you know, um, you know, um, push us away. No, 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 no. No, he said that he, he empathizes with us in our weaknesses, you know, and therefore he said that we, we have boldness, we have confidence to come, you know, to the throne of grace to receive mercy in our time of need, you know. So Jesus is the one, you know, who feels our pain. He's the one who, you know, wipes away our tears and he's the one who comforts us and heals us if we will let him. You know, with his gentle touch. Praise God. So that's one picture. The next picture is this. It's in Isaiah 40, 10 and 11. And that's also another splendid one. Isaiah 40, 10 and 11. Listen to this. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart he gently leads those who have young praise god so 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 once again you see this 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 combination here of look it says um the sovereign lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm so power and might and yet in the next verse he says he carries his lamps in his arms close to his heart and he gently leads them you see so once again you see that um uh, you know, play, you know, that, that play here of, of, like I said, a strong hand, okay, but with a soft touch. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that's, 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 that's what Jesus, um, that's what, who Jesus is. Okay. And now, one more picture um, before we kind of go to the next, you know, uh, part of the message. Um, and this picture is found in Matthew 21. And it's when Jesus rode into um, Jerusalem on the day we commonly call Palm Sunday. Or you know, it's spread to as a triumphal entry, um, and that was the day when the crowds, you know, the, the public, you know, the crowds publicly acknowledged him, you know, as the Messiah, and they were singing and you know, and and and, and saying, um, Hosanna um, in the highest, Hosanna to the Son of, of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, and they were laying out their cloaks and their and their and the branches on the road as he, as he rode into 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 Jerusalem. Um, so, so we're going to read Matthew 21 verses 1 to 6. And, and the subheading in, in, in NIV actually says, Jesus comes to Jerusalem as king. Okay, so he's coming as a king. Okay, now as they, so it reads, as, as they approached Jerusalem and came into Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you and at once you will find a donkey tied there. With her colts by her, untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to, 
see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a coat and on a coat the full of a, a donkey the disciples went and did as Jesus instructed them so this is the triumph triumphant entry of uh, of Christ you know and uh, the, the king was coming to Jerusalem you know the king victorious majestic royal and all that riding on a donkey <laughs> now uh, you know obviously it doesn't say that the the disciples um, you know said or questioned that in any way but I think they probably were a bit perplexed and they're probably scratching their heads and they were thinking um, are you sure Jesus is the donkey that you want um, you know is this the right beast for a king um, who wants to make a triumphal entry I mean certainly Julius Caesar if he was or Caesar if he was coming in you know to Jerusalem he wouldn't be riding on a donkey would he <laughs> no not at all um, so they were probably thinking I mean don't you why don't you don't you want to get a stallion you know a steed uh, for this you know special occasion this momentous occasion even even a camel might be more appropriate you know at least it's big uh, <laughs> and I'll make a statement um, but of course Jesus knew what he was doing uh, first of all he was doing this to fulfill the prophecy uh, about him that was written in Zechariah 9 verse 9 I'm not going to read that now but you know if you want to you can always check that out Zechariah 9 verse 9 um, but then secondly he also did this to, don to denote the kind of king he, he wanted to be portrayed as you know um, because most people in Jerusalem at, at that time and age they were expecting um, the Messiah you know to be this kind of military kind of leader or ruler you know that would um, kind of inspire or um, uh, you know start an uprising you know against the, the might of, of Rome but Jesus was not that kind of king um, um, he was not that kind of thing at all he was he was a king who came with, with meekness you know with gentleness and peace Matthew 5 verse 5 says this blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth okay so that was Jesus style um, he was not going to conquer the world by force he was going to uh, use rather meekness you know to um, and, and grace you know to, 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 to win us over the Bible says you know is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance um, so Jesus wanted to you know portray that you know make it clear I'm not coming in, in in that fashion of you know conquering you know kind of like military person you know I think the, the, that would have definitely caught the ruin or the uh, Romans uh, you know so just attention if he did that um but no he came on a donkey you know um and, and and this is why he told his disciples you know learn from me for I'm gentle and humble hallelujah so um we're gonna go into kind of a gear shift now so we've been focusing on Jesus um, and rightly so but now we're gonna uh, ask the question now so how does this all apply to us as believers in Christ today okay so that's that's the question we're gonna ask ourselves now and we're just gonna you know turn to the scriptures see what the Bible says about us as believers in Christ when it comes to gentleness Philippians 4 verse 5 says this let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near another version will put, puts it this way let your gentleness be known to all men okay Titus 2 uh, 1 Titus 3 I beg your pardon Titus chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 uh, says something very you know similar as well uh, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities to be obedient 
to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle towards everyone. Okay? And always to be gentle towards everyone. So, Philippians 4 verse 5 says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. And then this one, uh, Titus says, uh, Always be gentle toward everyone. Okay? So, so God wants our lives to show gentleness, that gentleness of Christ. He wants our lives to show, show, show that gentleness and for it to be evident to everyone. Okay? He wants us to exercise gentleness in all our dealings with, with uh, whomsoever we interact with, you know, uh, regardless of um, age, you know, um, old people, young people, children. He wants that gentleness, you know, to be evident, you know, towards, you know, everyone. You know, regardless of um, those age, um, race, you know, <laughs> where, where you are, where you're from, um, and regardless of, you know, your social standing or social status, regardless of your gender, regardless of, um, you know, your political, you know, leanings, you know, what's going on in America today. It's incredible. Um, so so he, he, wants, he wants that gentleness to be evident to everyone, okay? Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. You know, people that uh, that you meet in, you know on the street, people you bump into, people that come to your to your door, people that uh, you talk to on the phone, um, people that you uh, interact with in the supermarket, you know, anywhere, okay? Uh, people that you agree with, people you disagree with, people that annoy you, people that provoke you, people that you know uh, irritate you, people that oppose you, you know. Like I said, in this goes on. He wants us that he says that that. Gentleness. He wants that to be evident to everyone. Okay. And the question is, why? 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 Why must it be, you know, like that? And uh, two reasons I've got here. First reason is you know, first of all, because he says, freely we have received, therefore freely we give. Okay. Um, as Jesus deals with us in gentleness, so we must deal with others as well in gentleness. Uh, Hebrews five verse two says this. It says that our high priest is able to deal with us in gentleness even when we are ignorant or going astray okay so 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 when we when we are gentle when we receive you know um when he deals with us in gentleness when he when he when he touches us with that gentle touch uh, okay um what do we do we 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 share that you know as well with you know with, with the rest of the world and it can be a powerful witness to them because it's like jesus is walking through us Okay, the second reason is, is this, because people can be fragile, okay, and that's also quite important. The second reason why God wants us to, you know, um, deal with everyone in gen with gentleness or in gentleness is because people can be fragile. It's like there's an invisible tag, you know, on, 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 on people that says, handle with care, okay, and, 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 and that, that's important. We, we need to be careful that, you know, you know by our words or, and our actions, we do not hurt them, you know. Uh, we do not, you know, um, wound them or, or cause scars on them, you know, or you know, emotional scars or psychological scars or otherwise. Okay, listen to what the Bible says in Proverbs, first chapter twelve, verse eighteen. It says, "The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing." Wow, the words of the of the reckless pierce like like sword. But the tongue of the wise bring healing. So our words are very powerful. Okay, I would say that you know the, the power of life and death 
you know, you know, is in the tongue. Uh, our words can can maim, <laughs> our words can 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 wound, they, they can hurt, um, or they can heal. And obviously, God wants us to use our words um, to to bring healing. Okay, especially in situations where there when there is strife or you know or contention or discord or difference in opinion. Listen to this. Proverbs chapter 15 verse 1. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Um, imagine, just imagine with me, how many broken relationships could be restored? How many fights and quarrels could be avoided? How many, you know, feelings, you know, pent-up feelings of anger and bitterness could dissipate if we were to live or put this into practice on a daily basis? Just imagine that. Um, I mean, it's, it's instructive when we, when, we, when we read earlier in, in, in Isaiah 42, um, where he says, I'm talking about the Messiah, he says that he will not shout or, or cry out or raise his voice in the streets. You see, that's, that's gentleness. Um, and like I said, that's the power of gentleness. That's what it can do. It says the gentle answer can turn away wrath. Okay, so I think uh, we have said enough of that. May God help us to uh, yeah, tame our tongues. Amen. Okay, Colossians 3 verse 12 says this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience i read again colossians 3 12 therefore as god's chosen people holy and dearly loved that's me and you clothe yourselves with compassion kindness humility gentleness and patience okay so it says here as god's people as his representatives on earth you know as his ambassadors if you like um that, that god wants um gentleness to be part of that spiritual attire, you know, um, along with compassion, um, kindness, humility, and patience, that, that spiritual attire that, that we put on, okay? And uh, I've got this here on a side note, I was just thinking about this, that you can't really have, you know, that combination we've, we've just mentioned now, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You can't really have one of these traits without the other, can you? Um, for instance, you, you can't be humble and not be gentle, can you? I don't think that will work. Or you can't be kind and not be patient. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was just something I was just I was just pondering about. You know that they all they kind of work together. You know they all come like in a package. Uh, and Ephesians four verse two, there is a grouping of these things as well. Ephesians four verse two, um, it says, "Be completely humble and gentle." Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So they've added love to that one as well. So it says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. So you see, they're, they're kind of like all, you know, like a unit, really. You now they all kind of come together. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Anyway, that's just a digression or just a thought I was having. Um, so back to Colossians 3, verse 12, uh, where it says, clothe yourselves with all these things. Um, clothe yourself. And I thought well, it's, it's a bit like this. It's like when you um, when you see somebody who works for Asda or Tesco or McDonald's or 
um, you know, Morrison's, you know, any of these, you know, kind of organizations where you have to, you know, wear a uniform. When you see someone who works for these companies, they're easily recognized when they're on duty, right? Because you can see, you know, they've got the company, you know, colors and, uh, you know, on their, on their tops or their vests or their coats, you know, sometimes their ties or hats. You know, they have, they've got maybe the company logo as well, and, and an emblem, and, and maybe they're wearing a badge. So you can easily recognize somebody who works for these uh, for these for these companies uh, when you see them just by what they are wearing. You know, um, so you know this one works for Asda, this one works for you know. So it's somebody I can go you know and talk to if I need help. And one thing happens unconsciously once you see somebody you know who is you know uh, a staff of you know uh, a company like this wearing this uniform. Uh, you rise the way you kind of associate them unconsciously, I guess. You associate them with certain qualities, you know, like for instance that they are gonna be courteous, you know, they're gonna be um, uh, helpful, and they're gonna um, they're gonna have uh, knowledge about the products that they're selling. You know, they're gonna know where stuff is, and uh, you know, you know, they can be able to direct you, you know, if you need direction. Um, so that's that's what that's what happens when you see something like that. Now, in the same way, in the same way, when the Bible tells us, you know, to uh, put on these things, God wants His, God's, God wants His, God's, God wants us as His holy people, you know, His chosen people, His His dearly loved people, okay, you and I, to adorn ourselves, you know, with these um, spiritual items or pieces of clothing as well, you know, He wants that compassion, you know, to be part of our lives, he wants that kindness, humility, patience, you know, gentleness, uh, so that we can reflect. You know, or show that we belong to Him. You know, wherever we are. Now, there's no, there's no, you know, those, those, those that, that illustration I used earlier. Now, if somebody is off duty, you know, he wouldn't know, you know, that he works for Asda, for instance, because he wouldn't be wearing the Asda, Asda uniform unless you knew him before. Um, you met him somewhere else, but you wouldn't know somebody along the, you know, um, that you met on the street that he works for Asda if he wasn't wearing his uniform. Um, but for us, there is no off duty. Praise God. <laughs> Whether we're at home. Whether we're at work, whether they are, you know, we're at, you know, at the park, you know, by the shops or in the shops, you know, at the gyms, whatever they open, um, or I don't know, at the football stadium, whatever they open, um, in this current climate, who knows when that will be, um, or even on social media, on Facebook, on Instagram, wherever, God wants us to um, um, show that we belong to Him, you know, by the uh, like I said, um, the way we, we carry ourselves and the way these qualities, you know, are seen in our lives. Uh, he wants us to be easily e easily recognizable, you know, by these traits or these qualities. So there's no question who we are or whose we are, rather. Um, and that will always draw people who are seeking, you know, um, to us. And, you know, and when they come to us, we'll be able to direct them, we'll be able to point them, you know, to, hallelujah, to the one who can save them, you know, and that's Jesus. Amen. So gentleness is really something that God wants to become a part of our lifestyle, you know, just like, you know, any other of these qualities or traits we are talking about, or we've talked about, you know, um, and it needs to be something that comes on our outflow of our lives. Okay, so this is a very short one today. I'm almost finished. <laughs> we have it to know. <laughs> um, actually, it's 43 minutes, is it? All right. Okay, so uh, 1 Timothy 6.11 says this. 1 Timothy 6, 11. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance. 
and gentleness. Okay, so that's uh, Paul writing to Timothy there. And the context of this, um, of this verse is that uh, Paul was writing to Timothy's protege, uh, I know, about, about um, false teachers and about people who, out of the desire to get, you know, uh, rich or to be rich in this world, he said they, they have fallen into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them, in, plunge them into ruin and destruction. And Paul was saying, you know, Timothy, you know, in contrast, as a man of God, uh, you should not strive for these things. You should, you should strive rather or pursue rather, you know, these spiritual qualities that are far more valuable in God's estimation than the world's riches. Um, okay, so he gives them this list. He gives him this list, you know, righteousness, godliness, and so on and so forth. And uh, last on the list, well, not the list, uh, last on the list, but definitely not, not uh, any, by any means the, the least at all, is gentleness. Okay, and it's not there by accident, you know. God really does value, you know, praise a high premium on, on gentleness. First Peter 3, verse 4 talks about uh, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, listen, which is of great worth in God's sight. Okay, so it says, you know, a, a gentle and a quiet spirit, it says it's of great worth in God's sight. So here's a tip for you that if you want to give God a present, Something that he will really value. <laughs> don't give him a don't give him a diamond or, or a sapphire or, or a ruby or you know any other gem, um, any other precious stone. That may impress a man. That will certainly impress a woman. Uh, <laughs> but he will not impress God one bit. You know, he has no he has no that does that doesn't that doesn't uh, tickle his fancy at all. Um, um, but rather what you give God. He says here, what is of great worth to him is a heart that is yielded to him. Uh, a heart that the Holy Spirit can cultivate and, and develop, you know, the gentleness and meekness of Christ. Okay, that, he says, is something that is of great worth in the sight of God. So in conclusion, um, gentleness is something that flows out, of the, out from the heart of Christ who is in us. Christ lives in us by His Spirit, okay. And of course, we have a choice. We have, we have, we have, you know, like we just put on, you know, all these things. We have a choice, um, but we we need to um, let Him live out um, from that new heart that God has given us. Let Him live His life out through us, and we will walk in gentleness. Praise God, Hallelujah, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening, and I pray you have a blessed week, Amen.